Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. My name is Dr. Shayla D. Williams, and my next guest is Royce Morales. She is a renowned spiritual teacher who has been teaching breakthrough, core, self-discovery work for decades. Her trailblazing, life-shifting work presents profound spiritual concepts, providing tools to make them applicable in day-to-day life. These powerful teachings get to the root of subconscious, fear-based programming so that fears, stuck issues, and repetitive patterns can resolve. Royce offers continuing group classes, has an e-course, and is available for private inner journey sessions using the powerful clearing technique she developed. If you're tired of the struggle, want to connect with who you really are, feel ready to live a meaningful, empowered life, give Royce a call for a free consultation. You deserve it. Royce is also the author of three books. The first one is Want, True Love, Past Lives, and Other Complications. The second is No, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call. And the third one is Back, Rebirth After Stroke. Her books inspire evolution, awareness, and empowerment. The underlying message is a wake-up call toward authentic, heart-wired acceptance of self, others, and life, all available on Amazon. Welcome to the show, Royce. Hi, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you. Let's talk about this concept you have called mirroring, yes. which you, which according to you, this crucial concept is uh, really the crux of what you've been teaching for over four decades. And you say that your belief is that if everyone understood concept and used it as a life tool, the world would shift dramatically. It sure would. And that there would be no need for world content. <laughs> oh, yeah. So talk more about that. Oh, thank you so much, because that is such an important aspect about what I teach. And it's always the most difficult part of what I teach, um, because people just don't want to look into the mirror, as you probably all know, going through this uh pandemic right now, you can relate on that level. But basically what mirroring is, is the concept or the experience that when somebody pushes your button or upsets you or drives you crazy, or you find yourself judging them or, you know, having a negative reaction to them, it's because they're showing you some aspect of yourself that you don't want to look at. So for example, if I have a friend and she's just always talking about, I don't know, going out and getting drunk, or maybe she has a drug problem or, or whatever it is. And I just can't stand that about her. It's because she's showing me some aspect of myself that I don't want to see, or maybe it isn't healed or resolved. Maybe I have my own issue with addictiveness that I don't want to admit to, or maybe I'm addicted to something, maybe not going out and getting drunk, but maybe I'm addicted to chocolate chip cookies or whatever it is. But there's something that she's showing me about myself that I just have maybe suppressed really well or denied really well, or maybe I act in a different way, uh, the opposite way. So nobody would ever think that about myself. And once I see what that person is mirroring, a lot of the oomph or the anger or the judgment about it goes away because I see that it's just me that I'm judging. So I find that sometimes it takes some work to get to the point where you can see a mirror, but once you do, things can shift. And not only on your end, but I've seen amazing 
<laughs> evidence that when you shift your end, sometimes the people that are mirroring something to you, they can shift as well. It's really a fascinating concept because it's all about the energy that you project. So if I'm projecting something about hating you and I realize, oh, it's just hating me, something that energetic, mm -hmm. that energetic connection that we have that maybe on some subliminal level is getting you to act that way. I mean, of course, we're not conscious of that. We're not doing it consciously at all. But if we release that energetic hold that we have on someone, everything can shift. The way we perceive them shifts. Their actions might shift. Our reaction to them might shift. We're left with love and forgiveness and sometimes even a sense of gratitude that they helped awaken something in ourselves that we didn't want to look at. So I get to see that, oh, yeah, maybe my chocolate chip cookie habit is not just a habit. It's an addiction that I need to address and I need to heal. So there's a real sense of gratitude for them waking something up just by being a mirror to us. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned the chocolate chip analogy, yeah. that something so small can be indicative of something deep. Yes. And painful. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's all the same. And, and you say nothing is ever really suppressed. We basically, well, even if we don't consciously know about it, it's there. Yes. And it's going to come out in some form of fashions, basically. Yes. I call mm. that, I have, a, I have a silly name for it, but I, I refer to it as the seesaw syndrome. So if one person is on one side of a seesaw and pushing something down, it's going to come up on the other side. And, you know, because like you said, there is nothing that can be suppressed in the universe. It's a, a universal law that says energy cannot be suppressed. It has to come up somewhere in some form. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. To use an example, if um, there's this, let me just create this wacky example. So there's this person over here on the other side of the room and I don't like the way she's eating an apple. <laughs> bothering me. It's more it's that something's going on with me that, that that's bugging me or? Yes. <laughs> if I'm understanding the process. Right. And it could have nothing yeah. to do with apples. It could be whatever the judgment that you have on her. And, and that's what I usually tell people. The best way to figure out a mirror is to just notice the judgment that you're having. So maybe I'm judging that she's being selfish, or maybe I'm judging that she's being messy or you know, why is she eating an apple when she should be eating potato chips? You know, whatever that judgment is that I have on that person is showing me a mirror of myself. So it's kind of like whatever it symbolizes to you. It's not necessarily the action itself. It's what it, it's what it means to you. In group settings, how do you start the dialogue between people? And do these people know each other ahead of time or they're just kind of your clients put together? They actually are just random people that seem to show up in my classes. It's always been that way. Some people are referred, some people just show up. But yeah, I take a lot of preparation time <laughs> to start talking about mirrors because it is such a difficult concept for people. I usually explain a lot more about how the mind gets programmed and the various aspects of ourself, the higher consciousness, the fear-based consciousness. I get into all of those concepts first and then jump into mirroring. And what I find is almost invariably people start looking at me like I'm crazy or drop out of the class or some people are much more willing to take a look at mirrors than others. And some people never do. Some people kind of leave in disgust and say, oh, no, that's crazy. But a lot of people that do take this concept and really run with it, 
they can have life transforming experiences, even if they don't go and do the deep work that I also have people do. Even just the superficial level really helps. Just an example that comes to mind, I was riding an escalator one time. This is way back when I was first starting to teach people. I was on an escalator going down and there was a woman going up and she was very overweight. And I found myself looking at her and going, oh, God, that's so disgusting. And I had this whole inner dialogue going on about her weight. And I realized at the end of the escalator ride, oh my gosh, I judge my own weight and I judge myself for not being able to be um, disciplined enough when it comes to eating. And I had the, uh, the whole dialogue shifted in my brain and I looked back up at her and all I felt was love and compassion and it was, and it can be that fast. So instead of just dwelling on, oh God, that person is just so horrible and you turn it around instantly and realize what they're mirroring to you, everything can shift right there, even with a stranger. Yeah, I like that you said that because it's a choice. We don't have to stay in a certain mindset. We can flip it on and off just as quickly as you did. Yes. It's just a certain perspective. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, going back to what you said about some of your clients, you say some of them just like, oh, screw this and I'm out of here. Yeah. Is it because maybe that you touched on something oh, that yeah. they didn't like to hear? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, there's a, a big part of us that really doesn't like having to be responsible. That's like the hardest aspect of what I teach. We'd much rather be a victim and we'd much rather say, oh yeah, that person is terrible or that person is ruining the country or that person is ruining my life or whatever it is because we get a lot of rewards or payoffs for that. We get people to feel sorry for us. We get attention. We get love. We get rescuing. All kinds of things happen from holding on to that victimness. So when I tell people, well, guess what? <laughs> you've attracted this or you've perceived it in that way because it's a mirror of something for you. They don't want to hear that at all. So yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It's hard oh, work. You're ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> you answered you answer my next question. You're very clairvoyant. Because I was going to ask what people get out of this. Okay. So attention. Yes. Attention, all right. love. All. all of it. Yeah. I have a, a list of rewards that I you know, that I start talking about in terms of not wanting to look at mirrors. So it's a big thing to take that step out of victimhood. It really is. What events lead people to becoming stuck in life? How do we get in this rut? I mean, you would think after thousands of years of being on this earth, we should have figured it out by now? <laughs> you would think, huh? <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons that we're stuck. And that's another thing that I deal with in my classes and in my, my writings. Primarily, it's because of what I refer to as decision-forming moments or decision-forming incidents, I actually call them. And these are moments in our life where we experience pain or loss. And we make decisions about ourselves and others and life. And from that point on, we kind of live from that place or we live from that stuck program. And it literally keeps us away from our higher consciousness because we're now functioning from this negative belief system or this negative programming. And it's not from this just this life. It can go into past lives. I don't know if you get into that or if your listeners are into that, but I deal a lot with people that are basically in a kind of a, a negatively programmed, re-stimulated state from past life incidents that they've brought with them. And it's not only incidents like that, it's things that we've done where we've made negative decisions about ourselves. So that's the real issue that goes on. 
So we're living from this place of subconscious programming and we can't get out of it until we until we bring it up to the consciousness level and say, oh, okay. And that's why I think mirroring is so important because they're really our best friends. Mirrors are our best friends because they're waking up that part of us that says, oh, you have this in denial or this is this is something going on in your subconscious. Wake up. So those mirrors are really our best teachers. They really are. And you're doing crisis management, particularly what's going on with COVID-19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, how do you how are you helping people through that or well that well this particular incident is still going? Yeah. Well, the people that I'm doing the man, the crisis management with are already my students, so they kind of know all these concepts, but we're getting together every week and we are discussing our fears or whatever is being mirrored to us and it's really been tough because this is a hard one to look at. You know, this is definitely a survival threat on a lot of levels to us. So we're we're looking at that. We're looking at our beliefs that are being brought to the surface. We're looking at how we can help because I think a lot of the the anxiety that people are feeling is just kind of because we feel sort of, what can I do? There's this hopeless sense of powerlessness in life. So yeah, we're looking a lot at that and a lot of trying to understand why. Because I find that nothing happens in the universe accidentally. There's some deeper reason that this is going on for us to see something big about ourselves, whether it just be some deep level fears that we need to look at, or maybe there's some different life choices that we need to make, or maybe we haven't been kind enough to the to Mother Earth, and we need to look at that. So there's all kinds of things that we discuss in that group. And then we get into some very deep work, very deep work that I help people with in a meditative state to help them to see and understand what's being triggered. So that's what we're doing every week. <laughs> I've heard someone say that meditation couldn't possibly work for me because my mind's going all this place and that place. But I'm thinking, but isn't that the purpose of meditation to help stop that? So how would you get someone into that meditative state? Well, I have a different way of looking at meditation. I don't think that meditation is about quieting the mind. I think it's more about seeing what's going on at the subconscious level. So I help people delve deep into their subconscious and take a look at whatever that chatter is about. So if I'm feeling afraid about COVID going on, I can get into a meditative state and take a look at what those fears are really about and what they're showing me about myself and what I need to see and perhaps even some memories that I need to get in touch with from this life or from a past life or wherever. So I know there's a lot of different types of meditation, but that's the kind that I use and it's a guided feeling experiential meditation that I do. And I have people get in touch with their emotions and their physical sensations and all of that that seem to come to the surface when you start meditating, rather than just pushing them away and just chanting, um. So it's a technique that I use. It's a very different technique that I've developed. So yeah, very powerful. It's like thinking about your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No, we call it metacognition. Yeah, kind of. It's more of a mindfulness and it's noticing and it's observing and it's feeling. So if I have somebody that I'm doing a, I call it processing. So if I'm doing a process with someone and they're getting in touch with a fear that's going on right now, I would have them look back and locate specific incidents where that particular fear 
sourced from or where to begin? Where where did you decide something in your life that set up that fear for you? And it could be, like I said, times that they experience pain or loss that they haven't really processed through, or it could be times that they believe they caused pain and loss that they haven't completed yet in some way, they haven't forgiven themselves yet for. It's all about trusting whatever comes up and really feeling the emotions and the physical sensations that go along with these memories and allowing them to complete themselves because we usually don't. We start suppressing way back, you know, even pre-birth. Um, and that's what's running our lives, basically. Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. So about your books, uh-huh. you have Want, Know, and Back. Are they like um, like a series of the same concept? No, they're actually, each one is very different. Um, the first one that I wrote called Want, True Love's Past Lives and mm-hmm. Complications, is a fictionalized journey of a spiritual teacher who met her soulmate and what happened from that. And it basically talks about a lot of the concept that I teach, but it says it in in kind of a story format and talks about what soulmate love is really about and what are we supposed to learn from that. We've got a lot of misconceptions about soulmates that I kind of bust through some of those concepts. And then the second one is called No, K-N-O-W, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call. It goes into details about my teachings. It goes into explaining you know, how the mind gets programmed and what is mirroring and why do we feel so undeserving and all kinds of interesting things. I don't really get into past lives in that, but I'm, I'm currently working on a book that does get into past lives. But that one is more just basic information about what I teach. And then the third book that I wrote called Back, Rebirth After Stroke, is based on my husband having a massive stroke about five years ago. And I started posting things on Facebook that talked about what I was going through as a spiritual teacher, having to deal with this pretty pretty horrendous event. And I would post these little things and I would tell the story about you know, what was going on, but then I would always have a spiritual message behind it, or this is what I learned from it, or this is what he was mirroring to me. And people started loving those little posts. And people said, a lot of people suggested that I turn it into a book. So I did. And, you know, I was hoping that the end would be, and he came back and everything was fine. But even after five years, he's still, still struggling with this. So yeah, it's a pretty interesting way to deal with any kind of a a trauma, a huge life-changing event, a different way of looking at things based on on the perspective of seeing mirrors and understanding what what it's bringing up in you. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I want to circle back to something you said in your want book, True Love. You talked about misconceptions. Could you give an example of one of them? Misconception about soulmate love? Well, yeah. <laughs> we we have the idea that soulmate love is walking hand in hand off into the sunset, right? And being with this person who completes right. you and you're just always in love and you're in la la land together. Well, it usually isn't like that. Usually soulmate love is somebody who is your perfect mirror <laughs> and they bring up the deepest things for you to learn. It's not always like that, but most of the time. And those are the ones that you feel this intense connection to, but they also bring out the most things that need healing and resolving in you. 
So there might be a lot of clashes with them, or there might be a lot of issues going on with them. And sometimes because of that, you might think, oh, no, well, they couldn't be my soulmate because we're not walking hand in hand in bliss all the time. But, you know, that's a real misconception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because soulmate love is about teaching you the things that you most need to learn about yourself. So they're, they're great mirrors. Okay. Well, I love this concept you've said, basically, when you're reacting to something that might be indication of something that's going on inside you. So I, I like that message. Thank you. And where can people find you? My website is RoyceMorales.com, R-O-Y-C-E-M-O-R-A-L-E-S.com. I'm on all the social media under Royce Morales, and that's just about anywhere you can look. I'll be be around. (laughs) What I like to do is to give my guests the final word before I close out. So any last bit of wisdom you want to share with my audience? Well... I know that the theme of your show is dealing with toxic people, but I have to say that toxic people are probably your best mirrors because they are bringing up such deep level of darkness and dark side issues that need to be healed. So rather than pushing them away or running from them, just see them as your mirror. You might need to do that from a distance (laughs) if they're that toxic, but take a look and see what they're showing you about yourself because like I I keep saying they are your best friends, they're your best teachers, they're your best wake up call 